Hi guys, my boy here and welcome to the very first episode of Deep Dive with my boy. I am so over the moon that you could make time to listen. The very first scripture we're going to delve into today is none other than Psalms 1 verse 1. It's quite a common one, isn't it? Almost all of us have heard this scripture preached or recited at some point in our lives. I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. I don't know if you've realised, but this is actually explaining a gradual progression. So the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. What happens is that when we're walking, NLT puts it as that does not follow. When we're following someone, we're copying what they're doing. and But at that stage, we're not fully integrated with them. But we're exhibiting, sometimes we exhibit some character traits that they exhibit as well, right? Because we're following in their footsteps. Now, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 2 verse 22, that we should run as fast as we can from all the ambitions and lusts of youth. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.18 that we should flee from sexual immorality. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 22 that we should stay away from every kind of evil. From these scriptures, it's very clear that the Bible the Bible actually instructs us when it comes to evil, sin, sexual immorality, um, lust. It tells us to run, to flee. But what happens is that when we're walking in the counsel of the ungodly, we're walking in opposite directions to actually what the Bible tells us to do, right? So when it comes time to flee or to run, what happens is that we're now having to turn directions Although we're we're in motion, so it's easy to run, it would be complicated because we're now having to go in the opposite direction to flee from sexual immorality, right? Now, the next stage is that we stop walking and we stand. The Bible says, nor standeth in the way of sinners. So when we stop walking and we stand, what happens is that we've stopped moving altogether and we start to get comfortable in the company of the wicked. Now, when when that happens, it's extremely difficult to run because then we become stationary. We're not moving. When a horse is um, getting ready to gallop or when a, a horse is getting um, ready to move, it has to be hit in some way, shape or form before it does. When a car is being started up, we need to turn on the ignition. We need to start the ignition before it can actually go into motion. In the same vein, when we stop walking and we find that we now stand in the way of sinners, when it comes time to run away from all ambitions and lusts of the youth, to run away from sexual immorality or run away from any sin, at all it's difficult to do it as compared to even walking because then we're comfortable so making the decision to actually run is more difficult than when we're walking but it progresses on to the most dangerous stages of them all to sit in so it says nor sitteth in the seats of the scornful at that stage we're at 
we're at our most comfortable because when we're having to make an extra effort to stand up and then to run when time comes. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm sat in a chair and it comes time to run for any reason, it would be so difficult to actually get up out of the chair and then start running as compared to if you're already stood up or if you're already moving. So the Bible wants us not to even walk in the first place because when we walk in the midst or in the counsel of the ungodly, we then find out we get comfortable and then we start to stand in the way of this, of sinners. And then we get even more comfortable and sit in the seat of the scornful. So when it comes again, time to run away. Because the Bible tells us to flee, to run. So when it does come that time and we need to flee, it's even more difficult because we're so comfortable in the seat of the scornful. So what should we do instead? 2 Timothy 2.22 puts it quite beautifully. It says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace. How do we do that? It explains in Ephesians 6 verse 13 to 17. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Verse 14 says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. How beautiful is that? The Bible tells us, to run but it doesn't just say to run it gives us um an explanation or it shows us how to run the bible doesn't leave us high and dry the god doesn't throughout the bible god doesn't instruct us to do things and then just leaves us to figure it out but the bible is telling us in Ephesians 6 verse 16 um verse 15 rather i beg your pardon it says for shoes Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. When an athlete is running, it's equally important the type of footwear or shoes that they use in running. That affects whether or not you run quickly or you're held back, right? So in the same vein, to be able to quickly run away from sin when we need to, the Bible is telling us that we should put on the peace that comes from the good news so that we will be fully prepared now it moves on to say in verse 16 that in addition to all of these hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and that is how we can pursue righteous living faithfulness love and peace but the conclusive part of 2 Timothy 2.22 is also showing us how we can do what it says for us to do in Psalms 1 verse 1. It says, enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. For us to be able to run away from evil, we need to surround ourselves with people who are like-minded people who are equally pursuing God with a pure heart because it matters so much who is fighting in our corner. What do I mean by that? If you take 
a boxing match when they've given a timeout right i'm not sure if as the correct terminology i'm really sorry if it isn't but you know what i mean right when um, it's time for them to like take a few minutes break they both go into um their corners i mean when i say they i mean um the two contenders in the, in the boxing match they go into their corners now when they go into their corners you have people giving them water you have people changing their um, mouth guards you have people actually talking to them and coaching them what to do in the same vein for us as christians we need to have like-minded people fighting in our corners people who will refresh us with the water that we need people who would pray with us people who will speak life into our lives like second timothy 2 22 is telling us we have to enjoy the companionship of people who call on the lord with pure hearts and these are the two ways that we can actually obey the scripture in psalms 1 verse 1 that says not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful I'm really, really glad, again, that you've been able to join us for today's episode. Can we share a word of prayer before we finish? Father, we thank you for your word that has come to us today. We pray that your word for all of us would be alive and powerful, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow, exposing our innermost thoughts and desires and bringing it under subjection to the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us be doers of your word and not hear us only deceiving our own selves. Amen. I hope you're able to make time again for subsequent episodes. It's been brilliant having you listen. Take care. Bye.